Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. This program is all about educating seniors and their caregivers, helping them make informed decisions. This is a trusted place for you and your family. If you have a question, you can visit us online at SeniorCareLive, L-I-V-E, SeniorCareLive.com, or you can go old school and give us a call at 1-800-331-6445. All right, so we have an excellent program for you here today. I wanted to, uh, before we get into some of the other topics of the day, I just wanted to uh, take some time and recognize a a wonderful group of people uh, and just let you know that March uh, March you know, a lot of things happen in March we have March Madness and St. Patrick's Day and you know spring is here and uh, all all the fun stuff the, the flowers are going and the tornadoes are dropping and the rain's falling <laughs> right but uh, along with that March if you didn't know is social work month and so I'd like to recognize that and just really celebrate social workers I know so many incredible social workers they just do a phenomenal job so uh, social work month runs for the entire month of march and this year's theme is social workers are essential and i agree with that there's no doubt about it they truly are essential and not just during COVID times but every single day <laughs> regardless of pandemic they are very essential so march is a time to celebrate social workers uh, for all of the great work that they do and as practitioners, social workers are trained to help people address many personal issues. They are employed to affect positive change with individuals, families, groups, and entire communities. And social workers help people cope with challenges in their lives. And some social workers you know, work with groups and community organizations, and policymakers to develop or improve programs, services, policies, and social conditions. Social workers could work as substance abuse and recovery treatment counselors, mental health counselors. They could work as a marriage and family counselor, 
a medical social worker, a school social worker, foster care social worker, child and family therapist, corporate social responsibility, say that five times fast, (laughs) social worker, policy analyst, and human resources coordinator. So uh, they're working in all kinds of areas, making improvement uh, in, in people's lives and doing a great job. Now, you could make a general statement to say that social workers are everywhere people need help navigating tough life challenges. And and I think that's a good general way to sum that up. So they contribute to interdisciplinary care teams in schools, hospitals, and mental health centers, nonprofit corporations, for-profit corporations, the military, and in local, state, and federal governments. So many social work professionals also own and operate their own private uh, consulting practices, and that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And there are a lot of them doing that as well. There are more than 700,000 professional social workers employed in the United States and more than 3 million social workers worldwide. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics continues to identify social work as one of the fastest growing professions in the United States. And other government resources report there are more clinically trained social workers providing mental health and behavioral health services than any other professional discipline in the nation. How about that? So, and then there are different degrees of uh, of of education that you could you could get and be a social worker and and these folks most uh, every in fact every one of them that i know have a minimum of a four-year degree many of them way more than that so you could get an associate's degree in social work or you could get a bachelor's a master's or even a doctorate phd in social work you could also specialize in a particular area to become a licensed clinical social worker or LCSW. Now this is going to require someone to have a master's degree followed by a specialization in a particular area of practice. So uh, you must pass all of the clinical level standardization exams and in all of those requirements and complete the state's required supervised work hours. So uh, people who are social workers, they're dedicated to helping people. They have met, most of them have spent a tremendous amount of time in their education and uh, and, and then in some of these uh, other areas, you have to pass additional exams and get additional certification and licensure and uh, do basically supervised work hours. So that's, uh, you know, on the job training supervised uh, by another clinical social worker. So uh, they, they have a lot of time and frankly, a lot of money invested in their education. And you can also become a medical social worker. Again, this requires a master's degree in social work, then choosing a focus area in the medical field and then obtaining licensure in your particular state. And medical social workers help clients and families understand diagnoses and work through all of the emotions that come along with uh, a lot of these diagnoses. So uh, they provide clients and families with counseling for decision-making in the healthcare process, and that would include addressing psychological, financial, and social issues related to the diagnosis. And about 25% are employed by ambulatory 
ambulatory health care services and state, local, and private hospitals. And, you know, I have personally worked with many excellent social workers working in hospitals. And, you know, so in my line of work, I mean, this is where I run into uh, most of them here in, in my, at least in my my circle here, working in you know hospitals and senior care communities that would include you know assisted living communities and long term care communities, and also I've I've known a lot of social workers in the home health agencies and of course in the hospice agencies. So uh, there's a really good chance that your life has been positively affected by a social worker, even if you didn't realize it at the time. So to social workers everywhere, I thank you all, all of you, for the just the excellent and tremendous work that you do. My hat's off to you. Happy Social Work Month. All right. Now we're going to go ahead and uh, move on to the next topic here. I haven't talked about this for a little while, and uh, oh boy, I've been running into all kinds of examples in the community that's kind of screaming, Steve, you need to review this again. And so uh, we're going to start right at the top. When to consider moving from your home to a senior care community. And I think the reason that this is very timely, and I've mentioned it, you know, the last couple of weeks, normally we see the peak demand for all senior care communities as January and February, then kind of Kind of drifting into March, and then it starts to that peak demand starts to you start to see that decrease a little bit. And and we did have an increase in demand in January and February, but guess what also happened? You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people who would have otherwise chosen to move to a senior care community, guess what they did? They're afraid of COVID. They're afraid of getting COVID. Or if they are responsible for an aging parent, they didn't want to uh, admit their parent to a a senior care community because of the fear of COVID. You're a sitting duck. And this is before we had the vaccines. So they said, we're going to do all that we can to keep our loved one at home. Whatever we have to do, we're bringing in home care, we're getting palliative care from from a hospice agency, we're getting that on board, Uh, we're having, you know, we have family shifts, and we're going to do whatever we have to do to keep our elderly loved ones safe. And that has occurred in a, 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 that's, that's, that's an absolute fact. So here's what we're seeing now. We're seeing all sorts of people who have been sitting on the sidelines and they're like, okay, now it's a, it's a much different situation right now. And we're seeing that, you know, 95 plus percent of all of the residents in all of our senior care communities in the area, they, they're fully vaccinated. And there are many places where 100 percent or maybe, maybe 99 percent of the residents uh, have uh, requested and, and received that vaccination. And usually it's 75 percent plus of the staff have also requested and received that vaccination. So all of a sudden, very quickly, almost overnight, it seems like, the senior care communities are a much safer place to be. So guess what's happening? 
everyone's saying, ooh, I need to make my phone calls and I need to reach out to some of the places that I, I wanted to talk to and uh, and I need to see if, if beds are available, apartments are available, etc. So after the break, I'm going to continue with the major topic of when to consider moving from your home to a senior care community. But first, the Senior Care Live question of the week. The only thing you need to know before moving to a senior care community is if you can afford it or not. Is that statement true or false? The answer coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget you can stream this program to any electronic device at SeniorCareLive.com and through the app Radio.com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. The only thing you need to know before moving to a senior care community is if you can afford it or not. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is false. The answer is false. And I will address that in depth here in just a little bit. But back to one of the main one of the main issues of the day, uh, and actually a major issue in our community right now, when to consider moving from your home to a senior care community. And regardless of the pandemic and uh, and, and the, the peak demand being extended, I think it's going to be extended clear out here into June now with everyone starting to wake up and, and reconsider moving to a community. Uh, regardless of all of that, this is the most frequently asked question that I have answered clear back to 2002 when I started Senior Care Consulting. All right, so uh, the, I, I always say sometimes it's very clear when you should move from your home to a senior care community. And, and it's when it's obvious, it's really obvious, okay? Uh, but more often than not, it's kind of gray. It's not that obvious. And so I like to say that the following things should trigger, at least trigger the conversation of considering moving from your home to a senior care community. All right, at the top of the list, this is this is also probably obvious, when it is no longer safe to live at home. Okay, so th- there's some sort of a safety issue. Now, some of these safety issues are pretty obvious. Some of them are not obvious in any way. So I'll, I'll just provide a, a few examples here. When your loved one has fallen victim to financial abuse, had a really, really sweet lady that I worked with. There was a storm in their neighborhood, some trees down, etc. Some guy knocks on her door the next day, ma'am, 
my crew is in the area. We're going to be uh, repairing and replacing a lot of roofs in the area, making some uh, some repairs on the homes, et cetera, hauling trees away. And I noticed that your roof has been damaged. Uh, while we're here, would you like us to, do you want us to put you on the list? And, and uh, it'll just be a couple of days, and then uh, we'll make you a priority after we work with a couple of your neighbors right over here. Uh, you know, we, we can get that work done for you so you don't have any water damage in your home, et cetera. And she got very flustered by that. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah, I'm so glad you stopped by. And they said, okay, we'll just need a check for $1,000 to hold your place. We'll apply that to you know the final bill, and we should be able to get to it here in the next couple of days. So she could not write that check fast enough. Uh, of course, this uh, I'm not going to say what I want to say about him because you're not supposed to swear on the air. <laughs> but uh, uh, this uh, real neat guy took her check, cashed it, and of course, he was never seen again. And so uh, that's that's a safety issue. That, that's a major safety issue. Leaving the stovetop burners on, uh, that's a major uh, fire hazard and safety issue. And, uh, oh, oh boy, I can't tell you how many times I have heard stories about that. One of my clients said, yeah, I knew it was time to, to call you. I've been putting it off and putting it off until I walked into my own house with my mother who has Alzheimer's and my kids, my two kids in my house. And I opened the door and the smell of natural gas was thick in the air throughout, I mean, in the house. She ran into the into the um, kitchen to find out that uh, her mom had left the the gas on, and of course it hadn't it it didn't light, but but the gas was running, filled the whole house. She opened the doors. She got everyone out of the house. One little bitty spark from static electricity or from anything would have lit. The gas and that whole house would have just been literally a giant bomb. They got real lucky. And that was not the first time she had left the burners on. Now, fortunately, that's a pretty easy one to fix. If it's gas, you can turn the gas off, have the gas turned off to the stove. So it's just inoperable. So you just take it out of the equation. If it's uh, an electric stove and, and burner and oven, etc., that's really easy. You flip the breaker. Or you just unplug it. You just make it inoperable. So can't tell you how many times I've heard about stovetop burners. Uh, another gentleman, he said, I stopped by my mom's house every day right after work, right after 5 o'clock. And I uh, have a quick visit with my mom, check on her, do a few things for her there. And then uh, I head home. He said, I, I said, you know, I, I knocked on the door. Mom opened the door. Hi, how are you doing? And he was, as I was getting ready to come in, and I something caught my eye over her shoulder. And I looked in there just in time to see her little doily tablecloth, poof, catch on fire. He goes running in there and he puts it out and his timing was perfect. And he noticed that the candles were lit and one of the candles had fallen over. And he goes, mom, mom, we talked about this. You can't light your candles. I think that's a real generational thing, lighting your candles for dinner because my grandma used to do that all the time. And she goes, well, I didn't light them. Someone else must have lit the candles. Well, she lived alone. She did light the candles. She just forgot. And she forgot she was not supposed to light the candles. And then 
She lit the candles and then forgot she lit the candles, and the candle burned down. It got a little bit wobbly, fell over, caught the little doily tablecloth on fire right as my client opened the door and said hi to his mom. You talk about incredible timing. That story could have had a much different outcome. And then you have some other issues that are directly related to dementia, wandering away from your home or driving away from your home and you can't find your way back home. That's pretty common and that will trip a silver alert. We have silver alerts going on all the time. I think more often than not, the person is found and they're okay and it has a happy ending, but unfortunately some of those silver alerts end in tragedy. So, I mean, that's a major, obviously a major safety issue, wandering away, can't find your way back home, uh, not quite as apparent, not taking your medications on time, or not taking them at all, or taking two doses in one sitting. So that is a major, major safety issue and health, health issue and health hazard. And then there's some more obvious ones, injured at home, frequent falls, frequent hospitalizations. Uh, I, visited, I visited one you know, potential client. She was a super nice lady, and, uh, and her mother has Alzheimer's. And her mom's living there alone in the house. And this super nice lady is back and forth and back and forth uh, checking on her mom. At this point, you cannot leave her alone. And she has stairs in the house and I saw her mom walk, I would be terrified of my mom falling down those stairs. And so we talked about all that and I think we're gonna be helping her with placement uh, here real soon. But, but the bottom line is when it's no longer safe to live at home, that should trigger the conversation of considering moving from your home to a senior care community. I'm gonna have a whole lot more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget to check out all of our podcasts of all of the recent episodes, again, at SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so I just talked about you know, when to consider moving from your home to a senior care community, and the, the number one reason would be safety, you know, no longer safe to live at home, and a lot of different safety issues or potential safety issues. I'm going to add one more. I'm going to add one because guess what? I've been hearing a lot about this also where people are staying at home way too long in unsafe or maybe uh, uh, just just very, very unclean, just, just not good living uh, quarters or situations. And they've really, they've really overstayed in, in a major way. And I understand that because of the fear of COVID. But guess what? The fear of COVID, that's no longer a factor and it's time to do something. But, you know, you have uh, people living in the home and, and, and they're living in just unsanitary and, frankly, just horrible conditions. And you cannot do, you just can't do it. You can't do it. 
So here's an example. Let's say if uh, if there is an incontinent adult living in the home, and let's say they refuse to wear the, the pull-up briefs, or they're just or they're just like, oh no, I'm I'm, I'm not doing that, or I I would prefer not to do that, and and they uh, and they go to the bathroom in their pants, and then now they're sitting in their chair, and now they have a mess on the floor, and they have, and they're and, and it's unsanitary for themselves their skin and their their health condition personally uh, this is actually and a lot of people are probably wrinkling up their face like oh come on steve uh, this is way more common than you would ever believe okay uh, you know not putting the dishes up food sitting out on the counter now we have bugs getting into the into the into the house or the apartment uh, we have we have people you know not eating properly we have just just unsafe living conditions. So let me say this about this. You can let that go on for a certain amount of time. But let me tell you something. If a mandatory reporter enters the home and they feel this is an unsafe environment where they feel neglect has taken place, or maybe even abuse has taken place, guess what they're going to do? They are mandated to report that situation to the state authorities. Well, what do you mean mandatory reporter? Uh, someone from a home care company, a home health agency, someone from hospice, a physical or occupational or speech therapist you know, coming out uh, from, from a rehab service. A skilled nursing visit, a nurse coming by from a uh, from a uh, home health agency, they see this and they're like, "Oh no, that that's no." They have to report it. They are bound to report that to this. They're obligated to report it to the state authorities. And guess what? Now you have the government in your personal business. The government can force you from your home and place you in some sort of a facility of their choosing so that you will be in a safe, quote-unquote, safe and healthy and clean environment. They'll put you in a place of their choosing, even if that place is an absolutely terrible, horrible place. And guess what? There's nothing. I keep saying guess what? <laughs> but I, this, this, this stuff kind of blows me away. I, you don't want the government in your personal business, okay? I think we can all agree to that. But there's nothing you can do about it. Not one thing. So I would much rather face the situation myself, call my own shots, make my own decisions, rather than to have the government in my personal family business. So do not let this happen. Take action immediately, even if it's very uncomfortable. And that reminds me of another story. It's been several years ago, but I get a call from a really nice lady calling from Denver, Colorado. And she calls and she said, well, my, my grandparents are living in, here in the Kansas City area. And they had someone from home health come in. And she said, grandma's not really able to help grandpa very well anymore. And he was sitting in his own mess in the chair. His, he had skin breakdown. Neither one of them were eating properly. 
uh, they were falling trying to get up and get get you know to the bathroom and to the kitchen and to their bedroom etc and they got reported in the state of Missouri calls the next of kin with power of attorney who and that's me calling from Denver Colorado saying you know they're going to place my grandparents in a particular facility and she said uh no can you allow me a little bit of time so that I can have some input on that. Is there any way that we can do that? And she said, I've contacted a gentleman named Steve Keeker with Senior Care Consulting, and he helps families find the right facility and the best place for their loved ones. And, I, and I'm, I've just engaged with his services. Uh, can you allow him just a little bit of time to take care of this rather than to force them out into a place that we didn't choose? He said, what's his name? What's his phone number? So I get a call from a representative from the state of Missouri explaining the whole situation, asking me if I've been retained by this this nice lady. I said, yes, I have, and I'm working on that. Can you give me a couple of days? I'll just try to turn this around as quickly as possible. And he said, all right, you've got two days. So guess what I did? I did backflips, <laughs> and I worked with this nice lady who flew into Kansas City that very day, and we got this taken care of. And we chose a much better place than the place they were going to go. But the whole point of it is, so so we were able to save that one. But, you know, most of the time, the state just takes care of it. And they're, you're just stuck. So I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to add that on to the safety uh, issue, uh, the safety column of when to consider moving from home to senior care community. That's totally in your control. You just have to decide whether or not you're going to take action or let the situation devolve into a situation where it's possible that you could be accused of neglect and and, and not taking care of these people that you love. And so tough decisions have to be made many, many times. All right, so let's not dwell on that. Let's move on to number two, when to consider moving from your home to a senior care community. Uh, This is number two, and I would say this is a close number two, or maybe even a 1A. When the caregiver's health and well-being are negatively impacted and are in decline, So when the health and well-being of the caregiver is just in decline and the caregiver is just being crushed by the stress of being the caregiver. And, you know, I've, I've heard of people who, you know, spend so much time pouring their, their life into their loved ones. And and that's, that's just so commendable. And, And that, that's, that's a beautiful thing. But when it starts to be to your own detriment, I, I, I've heard of people even even completely stressing and straining their marriages because they've just gone too far. You, you just you can't do that. You can't put your health and your relationships in jeopardy. Do the best that you can, but at some point, it reaches a point where you just can't do that any longer. Because guess what? Now you are declining, and the people you're caring for are declining, and, and you, just, you just can't have that. So we're talking about 
your, your, your mental and emotional and spiritual and physical health. And let me say this, stress is a very powerful force. And uh, gosh, not to, not to be too much of a downer here, but I, I've seen a lot of caregivers uh, put their needs last. They, and, and they always do this. Uh, I'm going to take my loved one to their doctor's appointments, but I'm going to put mine off. You know, and I'm just going to skip this year's annual physical. I'll just, I'll just do it next year. I feel pretty good. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. So you skip the physical. You, sk- so you skip the exams. You skip the, the UA that they do. You skip the blood draw, where if there's something happening, they catch it. That's why you do these things once a year. Now you put it off for a year, and guess what? There may be some negative issue that could have been caught that was not caught because you, you put your own doctor's appointments on the back burner. And you disengage with relationships, and you quit going to your church. You quit meeting for your ladies' luncheon or your men's uh, group on Friday mornings at the donut shop with coffee. Uh, and and so so you don't have that that socialization, and and and, and you put off uh, going to the dentist, and and all of a sudden, and and the whole time you're being crushed by the stress. I've seen a lot of people pass away way before the person they're caring for. And if that happens, you have completely defeated the purpose because you're no longer here to care for and make sure your loved one is receiving all the support and love that they need and that they deserve. So you just can't do it. So uh, a 1A or, or a close to is when the caregiver's health and well-being are in decline. At that point, that should definitely trigger the conversation of when to consider moving from your home to a senior care community. I have two more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so I, I kind of feel like a, a little bit of a downer uh, on that on that last segment. You know, maybe the one before, but um, you know, this is this is tough information, but it's also it's true and it's accurate, and, and I really hope. Uh, this is uh, this is helpful to you and your family as you're going as you're navigating these waters. Th- th- this is tough stuff. Um, I mean, this is some of the most dif- difficult and agonizing and just heartbreaking, heart wrenching uh, decisions and conversations that you'll ever have. And frankly, I think that's why you know, a lot of people put them off. But you're doing yourself and your loved one a disservice by putting that off. So just have the courage. Uh, it, be in the right setting. Come to the, the conversation from a position of love and never lie. Don't, don't lie to people. Don't lie to your parents, or your grandparents, or your, your family, your loved one. Be honest. But you can do that with compassion and with love. And you can have the tough conversations and you can cry and you can get through that. It, it's tough stuff. It's really tough stuff. So, all right. So, 
I, I'm really breaking down the topic of when to consider moving from your home to a senior care community. We've covered two big ones. Now the third one, the third thing that should trigger that conversation is when the cost of home care becomes too expensive. Now, if you know me or if you've listened to this show for any period of time, I am a major proponent, major fan of home care services. And that's the non-medical in-home care where someone can come in for two or three hours a day for up to 24 hours a day to help you with things around the house, to help you with your activities of daily living. And they can also uh, go above and beyond that and take drive you to appointments, maybe run out and get groceries, run by the, the pharmacy, pick up your medications, um, take you to, to and from a doctor's appointment and, and all the things around your home, you know, help, help you getting dressed and maybe do a little, you know, pick up the house, a little light housekeeping, some laundry, maybe cook some meals, some make, you know, some make ahead meals and that sort of thing. So, uh, so just offer companionship. So there's, I'm a huge fan of home care, but, uh, you have to be able to afford that. So 24 hour so if if you're if home care is coming in for you know three times a week for eight hours a day or every day for four hours or or whatever whatever your schedule is you need a break you need the break so that you I just talked about it you can go to your own hair appointment dentist appointment doctor's appointment you can go to your social group with with the ladies from church uh, on your your Bible study, you can go with the men's group and meet Friday morning at the donut place and have a donut and some coffee and and uh, and talk with the boys. So you can you can go to church and and home care can help kind of spell you and and break up that week and you can get a lot of mileage out of that. That could really really help you provide care for months and months to come and maybe years to come, but. When that need raises to that 24-hour-a-day level, it can be pretty expensive. And it could be $12,000 to you know, $18,000, $20,000 a month, and it could be even more than that. Okay, so that's pretty expensive. Now, a lot of folks that I work with, with my firm Senior Care Consulting, they have long-term care insurance policies that can pay some of that. That's fantastic. Uh, some people uh, are very blessed and they're able to pay for that for a period of time. And, and that's wonderful. But sometimes that's just not affordable very long. And so you may at some point, if that cost rises to those levels and, and that need rises to that 24 hours of care, at some point financially, you may have to say, look, we need to talk about and consider transitioning and moving from our home to a senior care community, just driven by the finances of it all. All right. And then last but not least, when the care that you can provide is just not enough, you just can't keep up. I always like to ask the question, why not consider changing your role? Well, what do you mean changing my role? changing your role from the caregiver, the hands-on care provider, to a care manager or care advocate. Meaning, and, and you, can, you can find a place on your own or you can work with my firm, Senior Care Consulting. Uh, if you work with my firm, Senior Care Consulting, together 
we will find the best fit and the best place available for your loved one. And then once they transition from their home to that senior care community, your role then changes because you're not you're not up in the middle of the night and you're not taking your loved one to the restroom and having uh, you know the difficulty transferring or getting dressed or the mealtime issues. Uh, you're not dealing with all of that stuff. They are. So all of a sudden, your role changes from the caregiver, that hands-on caregiver, to the care manager or that person's advocate, meaning... And, and your stress doesn't go away either. It just changes. Your stress kind of points in the direction of the care community. And then you need to, you'll, you'll see that they're doing a good job. And, and, and once you're satisfied that you're trusting them and they're doing a good, good job, then you check in on your mom. You check in on your dad. And you can do that now. We're no longer locked out of these facilities. You can go and you can visit your loved one. Those days are over. The COVID days of being locked out and have to uh, you know, look at somebody through a window or on a tablet, uh, they're over. They're completely over. You can go in to every single senior care community that I know of. You can go in and see your loved one now in person. So go in and check on them and, and attend the care plan meetings and speak for your loved one and, and speak on their behalf and let them know everything they need to know to put them in the best possible position to provide the best care available for your mom or dad or spouse or your, your loved one. So hopefully that makes sense. Now, clear back at the Senior Care Live question of the week. I kind of had a little bit of fun with that, and I said, the only thing you need to know before searching for your community is if you can afford it or not. And, of course, that's false. There's a whole lot more to it, and uh, maybe one of these weeks coming up, I can break this down in quite a bit more detail like I just broke down this other topic. Uh, But uh, very quickly, you need to determine what level of care uh, you need for your loved one, long-term care, assisted living, residential care, home plus, or an intermediate care facility. Uh, you have to you have to know what that is, what they provide, what your loved one requires, and then you have to make that match. Now we do this for our clients every every single day with senior care consulting. We can take care of this for you, but you can also do that on on your own if you'd like. Then you have to determine what type of care you need: general care, memory care, skilled nursing and rehab, or mental health care, hospice care, or respite care. And then you have to determine. How are you going to pay for this? What What is the payment method that you're going to use? Private pay, Medicare, Medicaid, long-term care insurance, VA aid and attendance benefit. You can sell your house to fund the care. I mean, there's, there's a lot to it, right? What are your location parameters? And then what are your personal preferences and needs? So I just flew through that, but obviously there's a whole lot more uh, in it <laughs> involved than well, well, you know, can I afford that or not? Or you know, what is my budget? There's so much more to it. And this is what we do for our clients every single day at Senior Care Consulting. If you have questions about that, let me know. We'd love to offer you a free consultation and visit with you about that. All right. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. And I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live.